0: Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And we are live from the Big Phil Palace in Aurora, Ontario, Canada. I am your host, the Big Phil Combo, joined... For this very special presentation by the one, the only, the number one MMA prognosticator of post wrestling, Eric Marcot. How are you doing,
1: Eric? I'm wonderful. What a beautiful shirt that is that you're currently wearing.
0: <laughs> it is. It's the best t shirt of 2021. That's not a category because uh, it stands alone. Um, yeah, we're we're here to talk about the year that was in mixed martial arts ish, uh, with uh, some diversions into the world of boxing and else. We've got a lot of categories to cover. We've uh, we've got fourteen, along with some predictions we're gonna make for uh, 2022. We've got results from the nominees in the uh, Discord as well. We're gonna talk about, and John Pollock himself has sent his Paul picks. Uh, for the uh, for the year, so we'll be revealing those as well. How are you feeling, Eric? How would you feel about the year 2021 in MMA?
1: I feel, uh, by and large, pretty positive about the, the year that was. We had a lot of good fights, uh, exciting moments throughout the years. I just got through the Christmas season, so I'm nice and refreshed. It's been a few weeks without fights, so like I'm slowly restoring my sanity. Don't worry, it won't last for long.
0: Okay. all right well we've got a lot to cover cover so how about we just get on with it uh, without further ado it's time for our first award
2: male fighter of the year
0: oh my what what a what a just a lovely intro such a soothing sexy voice provided Those by' Yes, by uh, our one and only, uh, our man, Neil Flanagan, uh, the first subject of the Postmark series. Uh, Introducing the Male Fighter of the Year. So why don't you uh, take it away, Eric, and let us know who the nominees are.
1: All right, plenty of great fighters throughout the year, but we narrowed it down to six nominees. The nominees are as follows. Kamara Usman. Charles Oliveira. Jake Paul. Cyril Gaughan. Is a Makachev and Max Holloway. Uh, let's start with you, Phil. Who is your male fighter of the year?
0: Well, I mean, look, the, really, it came down to two cases here. Uh, there was uh, really it's Kamara Usman and Charles Oliveira. Now, before I want to talk about those, you know, I think it's important to talk about why some of these other names ended up on the list. The most controversial of all being Jake Paul, but the reality is that. Jake Paul made a massive impact in the MMA world. He had three fights, three wins, two of them highlight real knockouts, and he's one of the most talked about fighters in MMA, even though the competition isn't that high. So and yeah, he's take also that into- not
1: an MMA fighter.
0: <laughs> that's right, that's right.
1: Who has like zero uh, MMA guts, yet here he is.
0: Here, here he is. Uh, of course, Cyril Ghan, uh, new interim heavyweight champion uh, going uh, to try to unify the title, Islam Makachev, who we'll talk about in another category later, 3-0 and in the year, and Max Holloway, 2-0 and with two amazing fights. But it really came down to Usman and Oliveira. And for me, it was Usman who went 3-0 and in the year with uh, uh, two finishes, one of them a uh, KO of the year contender, and then an amazing fight on one of the biggest events of the year. So for me, my fight of the year is Kamaru Usman.
1: Much like yourself, I ultimately went with Kamaru Usman as my fighter of the year. I mean, 3-0 and against the highest level of competition. Three very different fighters as well and Gilbert Burns, Jorge Masvidal, and Coley Covington, and he finished two of them. So just a tremendous year for Kamaru Usman, who went to the top of the pound-for-pound list this year.
0: That's right, yes, top of the pound-for-pound list. And it seemed like the Discord saw it largely the same way with the overwhelming majority of users picking Kamaro Usman. Uh, Charles Oliveira did get some votes, although uh, no one else received any votes. Uh, so it was down to those yeah. two. Uh, Charles Oliveira, look, incredible year, two incredible wins, new lightweight champion, but Kamaro Usman with one more fight in there just edges him out. I agree. And, and the John Pollock pick. <laughs> Kamaru Usman is the John Pollock fighter. It's unanimous. It is unanimous. Discord, John, yourself, and me all pick the same uh, person. Uh, Kamaru Usman, congratulations to the Nigerian nightmare. Um, I don't think that we'll see... Well, maybe we'll see that in another category, but probably not too many will will we see full unanimous decision.
1: No, clearest cut one for me.
0: Yeah, me too. All right, so... We've got that out of the way. I guess it's time for uh, the next award.
2: Female Fighter of the Year.
0: All right, so let's go through the nominees for the Female Fight of the Year. First, you have Kayla Harrison, 4-0, second time PFL champion, now a free agent, one of the hottest in MMA. Juliana Pena went 2-0, but the big story was upsetting Amanda Nunez and becoming uh, the bantamweight champion. Valentina Shevchenko, 2-0, two dominant performances, finishes, incredible post-fight speeches. Rose Yunus, 2-0 against Zhang Li. Uh, One of those fights was a KO of the year contender, Marina Rodriguez, 3-0 with two main events, including wins over Michelle Watterson and Mackenzie Dern. And Chris Cyborg, 2-0 this year, probably the most popular fighter in Bellator. Um, So those are the nominees for the year. Eric, who's your pick for the female fighter of the year?
1: So I thought this was much harder to choose from than on the male side. You had a lot of women who had great years this year. Uh, When I was narrowing down the list, I decided Okay, Marina Rodriguez had a great year, but she hasn't quite reached that championship level yet. So okay, I'm going to eliminate her. Uh, Chris Cyborg, Kayla Harrison, great fighters, but gun to your head, Phil, can you name the opponents that they fought this year? Probably not. Uh,
0: No, but I mean, but I have a a memory of like a fish, so I'm not the best subject.
1: (laughs) Fantastic. Uh, To me, it came down to Shevchenko, Rose Namajunas, and Juliana Pena. And in the end, I think 2021 is going to be remembered as Juliana Pena's year, especially. And let's be honest, completely honest here. Her submission win against Sarah McMahon does not weigh into this at all it's all about her win over Amanda Nunez. And for that, she's my 2021 f- uh, female fighter of the year.
0: Oh, well, you make a very compelling case, uh, Eric, and uh, it's very valid. Uh, my pick is not Juliana Pena. She was my number two. And now, unfortunately, though, you're, going to embarrass me because I can't tell you any of the opponents that my pick Kayla Harrison has fought. Uh, But nonetheless, Kayla Harrison had four wins this year for the second time. She made a million dollars becoming PFL champion. She appeared on a UFC broadcast, was shouted out uh, by the commentary team. And like I said, right now, she is the hottest prospect in MMA. And she did lose out uh, when Amanda Nunez was defeated. But I, I don't think it changes the fact that the UFC wants her on board. And I think they're going to get her. And we're going to see some big fights from her in 2022. So she's my pick for the female fighter of the year. Now, going to the Discord, it seems like they completely disagreed with, with you because and Because your me. choice is insane. Okay, well, that's that's fine. Well, they didn't seem to like your choice very much either. Uh, Julian Opinion not garnering enough votes. Uh, most of the votes going to Valentina Shevchenko, dominating the vote actually here, uh, in the Discord. So, uh, interesting to see that the post-wrestling community is a big fan of Bullet. And and that and shouldn't well be a deserved. surprise. Yeah, well-deserved. I mean, just a to great finishes, ambassador. For-
1: Jessica Andrade, uh, Lauren Murphy, like a very, a very good year for Valentina Shevchenko, unquestionably.
0: Yeah. And particularly that fight against uh, Jessica Andrade, right? She just completely dominated her and made, you know, any, you know, people were talking about that fight, how Andrade could, you know, muscle her around a little bit, maybe, but uh, Shevchenko made a point to beat her... you know, in that facet of the game. So, yeah, very like, impressive Yeah, you could argue
1: that was her most impressive win, the fashion that she did it of her entire career. So, I think that's a very strong pick from the forum.
0: Yes. All right. Now, for the John Pollock pick, the John Pollock pick is... Rose Namajunas for Female Fighter of the Year. Uh, Rose Namajunas getting some love in the Discord as well. She was actually the second most popular pick. Um, You know, for me, she had two big wins. Uh, As I mentioned, the first was a KO of the Year contender. The second, she showed a lot of veteran savvy. But they were both versus the same opponent. and, And they didn't quite have the impact that I even think Juliana Pena's one win had. So that's why I didn't really consider but, but still,
1: her but, but still, you do know the name of her one opponent so
0: yeah and i mispronounce it all the time yes because that's my specialty
1: <laughs> don't worry it happens to all of us
0: all right all right so all right so we've got two awards in the books and uh just making sure that uh, john has left the screen. i guess we're ready for the next award are you ready for the next award
1: i am ready
2: all right here we go Fight of the Year.
0: All right, the next award is Fight of the Year. Eric, let us know about the fight contenders.
1: Alrighty, so we're gonna start off with Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. This was just a couple weeks ago at UFC 268. Uh, A tremendous, tremendous three round fight. We have Max Holloway versus Yair Rodriguez. A five rounder went the distance. Piotr Jan versus Corey Sandhagen. This one was a five-rounder as well, which is typically a theme in these five-year the candidates, right? Corey Sanhagen versus TJ Dillashaw and TJ Dillashaw's big return after uh, two and a half years away from the sport. Alexander Volkanovsky and Brian Ortega for the UFC Featherweight Championship. We have Shane Burgos versus Edson Barboza. Michael Chandler versus Charles Oliveira for the UFC Lightweight Championship. Dominic Reyes versus Jerry Przysztofka. I just massacred that poor man's name. And Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury 3, which, yes, is a boxing fight. Uh, let's start with you, Phil. What was your fight of the year?
0: Uh, okay, so my fight of the year, and it did very well in the Discord, is going to be Wilder versus Fury 3. Um, I will make a pick, an MMA pick uh, afterwards, but I'll explain why uh, and why we put it on this list, even though, you know, we largely could remember It was a huge fight. It was a very popular event. And it was very popular in the Discord that night and then drew a lot of interest in the post community. And it was a tremendous fight. And the reason why I chose it as my fight of the year is largely it's largely personal. It's because I grew up watching boxing and I love MMA, but I've been there since the beginning. And it, it feels like it doesn't really have a history to me because I've been there the whole time. Whereas boxing, I grew up watching old videos of great champions and great fights. And this fight between Fury and Wilder it stands on the shoulders of giants on the legacy of Ali and Liston and Foreman and Tyson and it will always be remembered in that class of fights and so for that reason that's why Wilder Fury 3 is my pick for fight of the year for the, but if you ask me which was the best MMA fight my favorite was Holloway versus Rodriguez it had everything it showed you incredible grit from uh the former champion Holloway, and it showed you all the potential in the world in Yaya Rodriguez. But for me, I, it, the pick was ultimately Wilder versus Fury 3.
1: Yeah, both tremendous fights, unquestionably. I went with uh, Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler. Uh, it was just exactly what you would expect from those two fighters and you know what I won't even say that because I don't think there's many people who expected it to go past the first round now you got 15 minutes of these guys throwing bombs at each other rocking each other repeatedly uh the best fight of Michael Chandler's career I'd say surpassing the Eddie Alvarez wars and maybe even Justin Gaethje's although he has a very tough choice with him so that was my fight of the year
0: yeah, no no shame in that pick and uh it was also this uh match with the Discord's pick who also chose it as the fight of the year. And if we're going to read John Pollock's picks, the John Pollock pick for the MMA fight of the year Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler at UFC 268. So, everybody other than me agreeing, uh I didn't even have it as my top MMA fight, but uh I don't, know, I don't know what to say. It was still a tremendous fight, yeah, yeah. and uh, we'll, we will talk about it more later. I mean, really, I, all of these fights were yeah, fantastic. I mean, they're all and on this
1: list for a reason, right?
0: Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, Burgos versus Barbosa, what an incredible fight that was. It just didn't have the same cachet as Gaethje Chandler uh, because it wasn't as premier of an event, uh, and it, it wasn't quite as good of a fight either, but... Tremendous, all of them. Sanhagen, San Higgs. Dominic
1: Reyes, and Jerry Prochajchka. That fight was tremendous while it lasted. Like it was only two rounds, but it was insanity until it finally ended.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. All right. So, with another award in the uh, in the bank, uh, let's move on to our next award.
2: Event of the year.
0: All right. Event of the year. Okay, so who are the nominees for the event of the year? We've got UFC 268, live from Madison Square Garden in New York. This was the return to MSG, first time since the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, fight of the year contender. We just talked about Chandler versus Great Gaethje. The main event, Usman Covington 2, an incredible fight. We had the debut of Alex Paheya. A uh, lot of highlight real KOs. K- K- great atmosphere. UFC 261, Jacksonville, Florida. This was the first in- event back in front of a full crowd. There was wild finishes throughout the card, including a main event KO of the year contender when Usman knocked out Masvidal. Uh, next on the list, I mean, I mean, there was other things on there. Valentina smashed and draw. That was Rose's KO of the year contender. Tris Weidman, Injury versus Uriah Hall, so crazy event in Jacksonville. There was also a string of, there was like five consecutive UFC events where there was some type of gruesome injury, like a bone break or something completely torn off. And uh, we'll talk about that a little later too. Uh, the UFC 262, the next pay-per-view in Houston, Texas, that was Michael Chandler versus Charles Oliveira, a- another wildlife. Benil Darius smashed Tony Ferguson and had a weird promo, Uh, Edson Barbosa versus Shane Burgos, we talked about that. Uh, And then that was where uh, Andre Muniz subbed Jacare. Uh, UFC on ABC one, Holloway versus Cater that was in front of a small crowd in Abu Dhabi. Uh, That was the first time that MMA has been on uh, ABC and the first time in three years that uh, MMA has been on network television or the UFC has been on network television. Uh, It was incredibly exciting card. Great fights throughout. Incredible performance by Holloway. You had UFC 266 from Vegas. That was feature- That one featured two title fights with Volkanovski versus Ortega, which included round of the year. You had Shevchenko versus uh, Lauren Murphy. You had the return of Nick Diaz. Uh, a lot of great prelims as well. UFC 269, the most recent pay-per-view that you and I covered from Las Vegas, Nevada, Oliveira versus Poirier. You had the Pena Nunez upset, Sean O'Malley, Dom Cruz on there, uh, Andre Muniz with another incredible finish. Um, Another event on here, Triller Fight Club, Jake Paul versus Ben Askren. This was just a ridiculous event headlined by Jake Paul. Uh, the YouTube sensation versus former UFC fighter Ben Askren. Uh, the fights on the card hardly mattered. Uh, this was sh- the show was largely about the spectacle and the atmosphere. It had an all star cast of broadcasters, including uh, Mario Lopez and Pete Davidson uh, re- conducting ridiculous uh, locker room interviews, uh, along with a bizarre appearance by Oscar De La Hoya and tremendous uh, musical performances by the Black Keys, Diplo, Doja King. At, Justin Bieber, Major Laser, uh, and a super group of Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube, Too Short, and E Forty, uh, and it ended with a highlight reel KO. So anybody who uh, you know went to the party had a good time. And then the last event on the list is UFC Fight Night Holloway versus Rodriguez, which was my uh, MMA fight of the year. Uh, very competitive, incredible fight. The entire card was filled with KOs. Uh, this, there was one point where there was seven KOs in a row on this card and it's just a really great event. So a bit of a mouthful, the rundown there, but, uh, some pretty exciting events and, uh, yeah. So Eric, what's your pick for the 2021 event of the year?
1: So I gave this one to UFC 261 Usman versus Masvidal 2, uh, First card back in front of like a full audience. So you had a ton of energy from the first prelim fight to the finish. The main card, every fight ended with a finish. Most of them were pretty brutal. Uh, that was my favorite card of the year and it's stuck with me since. So,
0: okay. Wow. That's a good pick. That was actually the second most popular pick in the Discord. Uh, and it differs from my pick, which is UFC 268 from MSG in New York. Uh, I mean, just an incredible card, a fight of the year contender, uh, Usman versus Covington was an incredible fight as well. Just the whole atmosphere of being back in New York and, uh, just having that incredible New York crowd. Uh, it was a lot of fun and and the fights delivered. And so, uh, that's my pick of the year. And it was also the same as the discord who, uh, that edged out UFC 261. The only other event getting a single vote would be the Triller Fight Club, uh, Jake Paul versus Ben Askren event from Atlanta, Georgia. And that vote, of course, comes from one, <laughs> the only, Brandon from New Jersey. I mean, if we'd put Fight Circus on here, I'm sure he would have picked that. Instead... Uh, fight Circus, have uh,
1: got two he, votes.
0: Uh, that's all right. Uh, all right. So, but who was John Pollock's pick? Well, the Pollock pick for... Event of the year, UFC 268, Usman versus Covington 2, live from MSG in New York. So, uh, very much the same as uh, as myself and the Discord. And, uh, you know, UFC 261 was a tremendous event, so no shame in that pick as well. All right. So, with another uh, award in the bank, let's uh, move on to the next one.
2: knockout of the year
1: all right so as uh, we've kind of went over this year it was plenty of brutal knockouts and we managed to narrow it down to eight which i think was a uh, pretty impressive on our parts if i do say so myself starting with edson barbosa's knockout of shane burgos it was one of the most unique finishes you'll ever see with Barboza landing a right hook, I believe. And Burgos, he looks like he's fine for one second, two seconds, three seconds, and then slowly his body just starts to realize that he's been knocked out. And he kind of collapses against the cage. A scary knockout, but he was fine, and it's on the knockout of the year list. Number two, Kamaru Usman knocks out Jorge Masvidal. Um, really, I mean, the knockout itself is brutal, but it's the context that makes this one as great as it was. Kamaru Usman, uh, not a fighter known for his knockout power, although he's been getting more finishes in recent years. And Jorge Masvidal, a fighter who's really never been finished with strikes. As we go into, like, part of the buildup to the fight is Masvidal saying, oh, this guy doesn't hit hard at all. And seconds before the finish, Usman lands a right hand, and Masvidal just goes, that's supposed to hurt. Taunts him. Usman throws it one more time, and this one knocks Masvidal out cold. Just a, a brutal knockout. Next up, jake paul's knockout over tyron woodley the former ufc welterweight champion uh i mean the fight is what you would have expected it to be not particularly exciting but the knockout was as brutal as it gets uh jake paul lands a right hand and it just leaves tyron woodley face planted to the ground uh yeah sad sad night for tyron woodley next up cory Sandhagen's flying knee knockout of frankie edgar this was very early in the first round uh Frankie Edgar, once a fighter known for his durability, uh, unfortunately that time has passed, but a spectacular knockout nonetheless. Next, Rose Nam Yunus knocks out Li Zhang with a head kick in the first round to win the UFC Strawweight Championship, uh, very similar to how she won the UFC Strawway Championship years ago against Joanna Jędrzejczyk with the first round knockout. Next up, Yuri Prozachka, spinning elbow against Dominic Reyes. Uh, we talked about it previously, just a beautiful finish in an insane fight. Next up, we have Sergio Pettis spinning backfist versus Kyoji Horiguchi. Uh, To put things into perspective, Horiguchi had won every minute of this fight, and into the fourth round, Pettis needed a finish. Throws a head kick, Horiguchi ducks under it, but the head kick was just disguising the spinning backfist, which lands flush and knocks Horiguchi out cold. The final one is Ignacio Bahamandas' spinning head kick knockout of Roosevelt Roberts. I mean, if you knock someone out with a spinning wheel kick, you're going to be on the knockout of the year list, uh, just picture perfect. So uh, let's start with you, Phil. What was your knockout of the year?
0: Very tough uh, to decide here. I'm in so many tremendous uh, selections here. Context does matter. And while it wasn't the most high profile, my selection is Edson Barbosa versus Shane Burgos. I think that that is just one of those sequences that is going to be remembered forever in MMA. I mean, you're going to see a lot of flatline KOs to come and they may not be as big of a stage as Masvidal versus Usman, but I it's going to be a long time till we see one of those sort of like robot shutdown uh knockouts and uh as you mentioned it was also very scary because you know there's you know you're concerned about you know neurological damage or or, you know i I don't want to talk like i know anything about medicine but you know you're just concerned for for the health when you see a situation like that but thankfully burgos was able to make a recovery and fight again in another tremendous fight later this year
1: yeah no that's a really good pick uh i went with Usman's knockout over Jorge Masvidal. Like we said, the context is what makes that one having Uzman not known for finishing the opponents versus Masvidal, who's never really been knocked out, having it end in such a dramatic fashion. The still photos with all of the water flying off Masvidal's head as the knockout happens. Um a career highlight for Kamar Uzman, and that's my knockout of the year.
0: Absolutely. Um the Discord was uh, you know torn. The number one selection. I don't know how surprising or not surprising, Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley, too. I mean, definitely a highlight reel, unforgettable knockout. More so, you know, the way that uh, Woodley fell, uh, you know, with his hands down and just face first, but certainly a highlight reel, memorable knockout, so not a bad pick. But uh, the votes were divided. Uh, Number two was Usman versus Masvidal, and then tied for third place was Burgos versus Barbosa. Uh, Sandhagen Edgar, and Pettis versus Horiguchi. Um If we're going to go to the John Pollock pick, the pick for knockout of the year goes to Corey Sandhagen versus Frankie Edgar. And his number two would be Sergio Pettis versus Horiguchi. And then his number three is Usman versus uh, Masvidal.
1: So, wow, uh, a whole list for us.
0: Yeah, I know. We get so lucky. So, thank you very much, uh, John, for that. And uh, with that uh, wrapped up, let's move on to the next award.
2: Submission of the Year.
0: All right. Submission of the Year. So, uh, again, another difficult uh, category, a lot of great subs. Uh, So, first nominee, Hamzat Shemaev versus Oh my gosh, I always get his name wrong. Uh Li Jing Lang. And there this was incredibly tremendous because Shemayev is coming off of uh you know this long layoff and this bout with COVID. He gets a takedown immediately, carries Lee over to Dana White, starts talking to Dana White, takes the back and finishes it complete domination, just Complete and utter control, uh, put Lee to sleep. Uh and and the next nominee from the same event, similar in the level of control, was Islam Makachev versus Dan Hooker. This was uh victory by Kimura in round one, as I mentioned, also at UFC two sixty-seven. You know, Dan Hooker, a very fine grappler, but Makachev just completely dominant, gets it to the ground, gets it to whatever position he wants, and ultimately just Yanks back on that Kimura and finishes with ease, very reminiscent of, you know, the type of domination that his teammate, Habib Nurmagomedov, would show. Ah, next, Vincente Luque versus Michael Chiesa, a Darce choke. This was a really uh, fun submission. Luque was able to gain uh, control early in the round. And when Chiesa went to reverse, Luque baited him into a takedown attempt and was ready to just put him in the Dars choke, and he sealed the deal right after that. I mean, for me, what made that such a great submission was the fact that he set it up so clearly. He knew Kiesa was going to try to get that uh, takedown, uh, so that, w- that was a really great submission. Next on the list is Anthony Hernandez versus Rodolfo Vieira at UFC 258, guillotine choke. Vieira, one of the most decorated BJJ practitioners ever in uh, MMA, multiple-time world champion, uh, controls the fight early, ultimately gasses out and loses via arm triangle, a plus 3,000 prop bet on the card. Next fight was Andre Muniz versus Jacare Souza UFC 262. This was an armbar. Muniz dominated one of the greatest grapplers ever in MMA and took an armbar that broke Souza's arm. It snapped. So you you could hear it snap before the fight was over. Uh, one of the more that was part of the string of vicious uh, sort of like uh, maulings that happened uh, that included Chris Weidman. Um, you know, we already mentioned Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunez at UFC 269. That one was, uh, you know, not the most technical submission, but more just the moment—an incredible victory, an incredible upset. So. needs to be recognized. And then the last nominee, AJ McKee versus Patricio Pitbull from Bellator Pitbull versus McKee. This was a first round guillotine choke. After hurting uh, Pitbull with a head kick and punches, Pitbull gets up denying McKee the walk-off KO. So McKee jumps on the guillotine and finishes Pitbull right there. A really incredible performance that we got to cover as well. So Uh, Big big mouthful there, a lot of nominees for submission of the year. Eric, what was your pick?
1: So this one came down to two strong nominations for me, the first one being uh, Anthony Hernandez submitting Rodolfo Vieira and the other one being Andre Muniz submitting Jacare Souza, both uh, on the list for similar reasons. And I ultimately went for my submission of the year with Andre Muniz submitting Jacare Souza in the first round because the difference maker here was Vieira was completely gassed out by the time he was submitted. Jacques Ray was fresh. And I don't think we ever thought we'd see Jacques Ray get submitted in an MMA fight. So uh, Andre Muni is a well-deserved submission of the year over Jacques Ray Souza.
0: Well, Eric, it turns out you and I have the same pick. Uh for me, it wasn't so much, you know, I could see a situation where, you know, Jacques Ray could get submitted in MMA, you know. There's all sorts of positions, but it was just the complete control that Muniz had. He he really just dominated him on the ground and put him in whatever position he wanted to, which is something you have not seen uh, from Jacare. Uh My runner-up was Luke versus Kiesa. I just thought that it was so brilliant how he set that up. Uh, uh, you know, the Vieira one was shocking and it was it was unexpected, but it wasn't the most. Compelling submission. So that's why uh, I didn't have that on on my pick. Um the Discord had it completely different. None of them saw it our way. The clear one runaway winner is Pitbull versus AJ McKee. Uh, How no, about no, that it wasn't.
1: <laughs> No, we we forgot to put that watermelon up, so it's uh Juliana oh, Pena's. Sorry, sorry,
0: I don't know, I don't know. Sorry, I don't know why I even said that my my i guess because it was the last one my bad here there we go you can <laughs>
1: a truly shocking ending
0: <laughs> yes so yeah so submission of the year joanna peña versus amanda nunez that's all, okay there so you know. so people are picking the result uh that, that's still surprising to me okay yeah, you I, the agree.
1: I, I agree it's surprising but it reminds me of uh i think i've mentioned to you, this to you privately i don't remember but it reminds me of a few years ago when nate diaz submitted conor mcgregor and that mm-hmm. won people's submission of the year award on paper, Nate Diaz submitting Conor McGregor with a rear naked choke is barely noteworthy. He's much better on the ground and it's a very standard move, but just the moment is what's going to stick with people. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Uh, also uh, popular in the discord was uh, Chimaya versus Lee, which I liked as well. That was w- just the way that he carried him over. And, you know, it, it, he was, it was like a, a man with a child. And, you know, I don't say that lightly because Lee is a tremendous fighter and was in the top 10 at that point and deserved to be. Um, All right. So who did our man John Pollock pick for submission of the year? John Pollock picked Anthony Hernandez over Rodolfo Vieira. Uh, I've, no one in the Discord made that pick. So John Pollock, going uh, on his own, he really uh, favored that uh, plus three thousand prop bet that got We're delivered. Completely on that.
1: fair, because I almost went that way as well. So, all right,
0: okay, all right. So we've got another one down. So it's time for our next category. What could it be? Oops!
2: Comeback of the year.
0: Ah, well, it wasn't supposed to be comeback of the year, but we're gonna do that one anyway. Uh, <laughs> so uh, sorry about that. Uh, we'll get we'll get to the the one that should have been next. Uh, so comeback of the year. What are the nominees for comeback of the year? So number one. No. What? Go ahead. Yeah, Phil. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, sorry about that, Eric. My my bad, messing up the scheduling here. Uh, but uh, we'll we'll regroup and get it together. So it's comeback fine. of the year. <laughs> Come back of the year nominees. Heel and the MMA Hour. Ariel Helwani, the number one journalist in MMA after leaving ESPN, there was all this speculation where he was going to go. Surprises, I don't know, many, certainly me, returns to MMA fighting. Who says you can't go home again? Returns to the MMA hour. Instead of doing one show on Mondays, he's doing a show on Mondays, doing a show on Wednesdays. And of course, he's doing other things, things on Substack, things with BT Sport, uh, things uh, with The Ringer. Uh, Ariel Hawani doing amazing things in the MMA space, but uh, comeback of the year, Ariel on the MMA hour. Next nominee, Glover Tejera, 42-year-old, is able to become light heavyweight champion after being written off uh, after some brutal KO losses. I certainly didn't imagine him being champion again. So I always love it when fighters prove me wrong in that fashion. Uh, We already talked about it. Sergio Pettis versus uh, Horiguchi at Bellator Two Seventy. Uh, two, after being completely outworked, outpaced for three rounds in a bit, Sergio Pettis is able to land a back fist after uh, a missed uh, roundhouse kick and uh, K.O.'s Horiguchi cold in a highlight reel. Uh, Hamzat Shemaev, after missing most of 2021 due to an uh, incredibly serious case of COVID, he comes back to dominate Lee uh, in a sub of the year contender. Charles Oliveira he's sort of on this list for two reasons. I mean, he has the same type of story as Glover Tejera. A lot of people had written him off, had said he was too small for 155, had said that he doesn't do well under pressure, he caves. Um, But uh, he not only proved everybody wrong with by becoming the lightweight champion, but uh, he also came back in uh, those fights as well. Uh, in each case, you know, he was hurt badly against, uh, Chandler and, uh, he was getting tagged against Poirier, but was able to weather the storms and get the W's next clay Guida versus Santos. This was on, uh, uh, UFC on ESPN font versus Aldo from a few weeks ago, after nearly being finished in the first round, Guida is able to survive, uh, and take down an exhausted Santos in the second leading to a rear naked choke. TJ Dillashaw returning to two plus years off after being suspended for, uh, taking EPO wins with a very, uh, veteran savvy performance against Corey Sanhagen in one of the better fights of the year. Yet Ray Cooper, the fur versus Magomed, Magomed Karimov from the PFL finals after getting taken down and brutalized with blade kicks in the first Cooper turns the tide, gets his own takedown in the second. Round before landing a fight-ending brutal K on the third, he'd also lost to Magomed a few years ago, so it was a comeback in that fashion as well. Dominic Cruz two wins. This is the first time he's had multiple fights in a year since 2016, and then a late addition: Islam Makhachev, who missed all of 2020, comes back in 2021, he goes three and zero with three submissions, and sets himself up as a contender for the 155 pound title. So. A uh, lot of a uh, lot of words coming out of my mouth. So now it's your turn to talk, Eric. <laughs> who is your? What is your comeback of the year?
1: I went with Sergio Pettis knocking out Kyoji Horiguchi in round four of their belt. Like I said earlier, uh, Pettis had lost every minute of this fight. It was barely competitive. And by the time we're in the championship rounds, he needs a finish to win. Sergio Pettis, not a finisher, not a guy who finishes fights at all. And he just tags Horiguchi with the picture-perfect spinning fist, Knocks him out cold, retains his title. It's my comeback of the year. Uh, Phenomenal stuff.
0: Wow. Wow. Again, Eric, you know, flying solo here. No one on the Discord making that pick. Uh, And it's not my pick either. Uh, My pick for the comeback of the year. So it was a toss-up, but I had to go with Glover Tajera just 42 year old light heavyweight champion just inspiring everybody he's also like just one of these like sweet guys like always a good sportsman just a competitor never trash talking anybody really just a f- hard nose grinder uh and, you know, happy to see him. Somebody who you wanted to see in the UFC for years and years. Visa issues prevented him from coming there. Then he gets there, kind of maybe even got fast-tracked to a title shot, even though it was deserved. You know, loses badly to Jon Jones. I mentioned had some brutal chaos since then, KO losses, but gets a win streak together, gets another title shot, and uh, is my pick for the uh, comeback of the year. All right. Now, that was also the Discord's pick. The Discord was actually split with the Halwani on the MMA Hour and that one, um, with with Glover just getting the edge. Um, That was also my second place, was Halwani on the MMA Hour, um, because that actually led to many more stories throughout the year. But the John Pollock pick, are we ready for it, Eric? Are you ready for Uh, it? You've been waiting for this moment. You've been waiting for it. The John Pollock pick. For the comeback of the year, Islam Makhachev missed all of 2020, 3-0 with three subs, and is now a contender for the 155-pound title.
1: Yeah, yeah, he was really down and out, that Islam Makhachev, man. I wasn't sure he was ever <laughs> going to come back. Uh, he was gone for so many years. I ph- Phenomenal stuff.
0: Uh, I mean, well, look, I mean, it was a comeback, <laughs> but to put it ahead of... <laughs> Amzat Glover, Hell One. I mean, he John has to talk to Ariel in yeah, a few yeah. weeks. Uh, he better hope that uh, a- Ariel isn't listening to this segment right now. That's but we may have to flirtation, forward... John. I think so. I think so. Really? Islam over me? Uh, right. <laughs> yes. All right. So now that we've got that we're through with that one we can move on to the initially planned category our next award is
2: round of the year
0: all right round of the year so what are the nominees eric
1: all right so starting off we have the first round of justin gagey versus michael chandler Crazy round, which is going to be a common theme throughout these uh, nominations. Uh, Both fighters rock each other. Uh, The crowd is going insane. Everything you would expect of these guys. Next one Alexander Volkanovsky versus Brian Ortega, round three specifically. I mean, this round is tremendous. Alexander Volkanovsky is winning the majority of this fight, but in round three, Brian Ortega gets Volkanovsky right where he wants. And with a guillotine that looks like it's completely locked in, Volkanovsky somehow survives only to get caught in a triangle. Brian Ortega's signa- signature submission. And he escapes yet again and just destroys Brian with ground and pound until the round ends. Honestly, the fight probably could have been stopped at the end of this round. It wasn't. And we got two more fantastic rounds afterwards, but a uh, tremendous round. Next up, we have Jason Witt versus Brian Barbarina, round three. Not a fight everyone's going to remember because the name value isn't exactly there. But, I mean, Brian Barbarina has a reputation for delivering these kind of fights. And round three against Jason Witt, no exception. These guys were rocking each other over and over again. I was as surprised as anyone when they made it out of the round. Next up, Dominic Reyes versus Jiri Prashachka, round two. Uh, We've talked about it multiple times. There's a reason why this has came up on so many of these best of lists. Uh, This round's wild. These guys hitting each other as hard as they can. Reyes looked like he was about to win multiple times. In fact, Krasachka looked like he was almost knocked out at one point, but he comes back, hits Dominic with the mother of all spinning elbows and knocks him out cold. Next up, Michael Chandler and Charles Oliveira, round one. I mean, this round had Chandler almost finishing Oliveira a couple times early in here. He somehow weathers the storm and he comes back at the beginning of round two to win it. Next up, Dustin Poirier versus Charles Oliveira, round one. It's the exact same story. Dustin Poirier is putting a beating on Charles Oliveira, but Oliveira always stays in it and gets Poirier in trouble himself a couple times. And last but not least, Yair Rodriguez and Max Holloway, round one. Every round of this fight was crazy, but the first one was the most action-packed of them all. Phil, what's your pick? Uh, th- this one
0: was... was, was... I kept thinking it was tough, but ultimately, it wasn't really that tough because I did love Ortega versus Volkanovski round three. Um, But ultimately, I had to go with Gaethje versus Chandler. It was just such an electric round, like so much back and forth. I went back to my notes, you know, it it was a pay-per-view, so we covered it and I made notes. I went to my notes. There were no notes. I didn't have any notes because I didn't have an opportunity to write anything down because I was so transfixed and it was such nonstop action. So uh, that was my pick for round of the year.
1: If anyone wants to entertain themselves, go back to postwrestling.com and look at the report that I put up for UFC 268 and watch me try to recap that first round. It is a complete mess as I try to keep up with all of that action while I'm just like fanboying basically on my couch i don't even want to take notes i just want to watch the fight that's right yes regardless that wasn't actually my round of the year i did go volkanovsky and ortega around three i just thought yeah i just thought (laughs) the championship on the line just adds so much to it and that's going to be a round i'll always remember how about yeah
0: yeah it's certainly you know the 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 image of volkanovsky flopping like a fish yeah, You know, as that, as that, you know, it looked like it was over, but, uh, you know, I'm surviving. So that image is and staring it, him it,
1: down while he's in the triangle too. just, it, yeah. Awesome
0: stuff. So, uh, you know, the discord uh, largely agreeing with uh, myself, Gaethje Chandler, the clear front runner. Number two, Reyes versus Prokoska. So uh, oh, uh, su- a surprise number two there. But definitely deserved. And then Ortega versus Volkanovski would be the number three pick from uh, the Discord. And uh, of course, the John Pollock pick for the round of the year goes to Gaethje versus Chandler round one. Uh, His follow up would be Volkanovski versus Ortega. So fine picks from everybody involved. Uh, You know, uh, some really exciting rounds. But uh, Gaethje Chandler and Volkanovski versus Ortega dominating uh the polls all right so with that let's move on to the next category
2: upset of the year all right
0: upset of the year all right eric who are the nominees
1: upset of the year so first one everyone knew this was coming juliana pena submitting Amanda Nunes in the second round one of the biggest upsets in UFC history next up we have the second fight between Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor which Dustin Poirier won by second round knockout as crazy as it seems in retrospect Poirier was actually a significant underdog going into that one next up we have Adriano Moraes knocking out Demetrius Johnson in what I believe was the second round I mean honestly this was completely on par with Pena versus Nunes I mean If you're in the camp, which I am, that actually gave Demetrius Johnson the nod over Henry Cejudo in their rematch, then, to me, I haven't seen Demetrius Johnson be properly beaten in over a decade. So to see him finally just get knocked out the first time he's been finished in his career, uh, very deserving of the nomination. Next up, we talked about this one already. Anthony Hernandez submitting Rodolfo Vieira. And then finally, Jan Blachowicz uh, taking Israel Adesanya from the ranks of the undefeated, uh, defending his light heavyweight championship. Phil, what did you go with for this one? Uh,
0: Well, this was the most clear-cut one. It was Peña versus Nunez. Uh, Yes, the uh, Hernandez-Rodolfo Vieira win was a big upset, but it didn't have the same stakes here. I mean, nobody thought Nunez had a chance. Um, You know, to touch on the Demetrius Johnson fight, you know... uh, It wasn't so, I mean, I was surprised. I certainly didn't, I didn't know whose opponent was, but I wasn't surprised by the fact that he lost because if you'd been looking at his one FC fights, like he was constantly getting put against these like guys who are much bigger than him. And even though he was more skilled, it was like, it was clearly a struggle. Um, and then uh, after, and it turns out Marias is actually a really good fighter. Uh, yeah. After, you know, I saw this fight, I went back and I looked at uh, some footage on him and his previous fights. He's a very, very skilled fighter. So even though we weren't aware of him ahead of time, uh, it's not as much of an upset in retrospect. Um, but uh, I, it is certainly worth noting. Um, and But uh, my pick was uh, Pena versus Nunez. That's the pick of the Discord. That's the pick of... John Pollock, and I don't think I'm a psychic if I guess that uh, it's your pick as well.
1: You know, I actually, I did give thoughts to the Viera Hernandez one, because technically it was like a minus uh, 2,000 difference between that and the Juliana Pena. So the odds did give that one a fair shake, but no, uh, in terms of significance, there's no question about it for me. It's Juliana Pena uh, upsetting Amanda Nunes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, (laughs) especially at Bantamweight, you know? I mean, uh, I think that was also a big part of it as well. All right. So, with that one out of the way, time for the next award.
2: Rivalry of the Year.
0: All right. So, Rivalry of the Year. Uh, First nominee, Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor. Two fights this year. The first one was very amicable but the second one started to get heated as connor tried to you know bring back some of that old you know viciousness uh the after the fight ended brutally you, you've got connor continuing the trash talk uh you know after connor got injured it, his leg broke uh so that that story has been there and it's continued uh connor continues to chirp away on social media We talked about this as well, Jake Paul versus the UFC, Jake Paul taking on former UFC fighters Ben Askren and twice Tyron Woodley this year, attending UFC events, uh, appearing on UFC broadcasts, getting threatened on air by Daniel Cormier, uh, constantly going after Dana White in the media and and, uh, yeah, just constantly antagonizing the UFC. Kamaru Usman versus Colby Covington. They had their second fight at uh, one of the biggest events of the year, an incredible fight. Uh, This lacked sort of the nastiness of their previous encounter as Covington seemed to drop the mega gimmick, although he still, you know, went full on attack mode against Usman. Uh, Thankfully, it was sort of squashed afterwards amicably. You had Ariel Helwani versus Brendan Schaub and the entire fighter and the kid crew. Uh, Without going too deep into this, essentially Ariel won an apology apology from Schaub for misrepresenting what happened at UFC 199-200 and for claiming that Ariel was a bad co-worker. Ariel goes full scorched earth. <laughs> uh, on this one, just completely dominating uh Shab throughout the whole thing. You can find uh, summaries of this on YouTube, but it, it was one of the more entertaining rivalries of the year. You had Marvin Vittori versus everyone. I mean Marvin Vittori doesn't seem to have any friends, um, because he, he's even just his gets- coaches. Yeah, yeah, he seems pretty uh peeved at them too all the time. Uh, but uh yeah, just constantly <laughs> pissed off. Uh, but it sort of makes him charming in this bizarre way. And then Zhang Wei Li versus Rosenami Yunus had two big title fights. Um, there was a little bit of controversy ahead of the first one as, you know, this sort of idea about communism came into play. Uh luckily those topics didn't come up for the second one, but it was still a very good competitive fight making this uh a good nominee for a rivalry of the year. So uh, Eric, what was your pick for rivalry of the year?
1: I went with Conor McGregor against Dustin Poirier. It generated the most money. So that's, that's my pick.
0: All okay. Fair, fair pick. My pick was Jake Paul versus uh, MMA UFC. Uh, Just the way that it captured the attention of the MMA world. like everybody's talking about him. Dana White just had to answer questions about him in the year-end interview with Teddy Atlas. Uh, No, he's not the most skilled fighter. He's not even an MMA fighter, but he has the MMA world talking about him. Um, You know, I... I, I, Helwani versus the fighter and the kid. I mean, (laughs) McGregor versus Poirier is a good choice because it does seem like that will continue as well. And we'll, we'll see even more of that in the future uh the I discord the discord uh almost overwhelmingly selects hilwani versus Shab. just the type of uh, entertainment that uh the fans of the discord love uh hilwani 10 10 1.7ing uh, shob through every round of the uh, contest uh so and it's over now i mean Ariel... Buried him. Schaub is not going to mention his name again. Um, so, uh, so the Discord's pick for rival of, of the Year. And the Pollock pick for Rivalry of the Year is... He went with you. He went with uh, Poirier versus McGregor. Hard not to argue that one. As you mentioned, the two biggest drawing pay-per-views of the year. And uh, a story that's a rivalry that will continue uh, into 2022 or maybe 2023. All right. So we've only got uh, four more categories. So with let's not dilly dally and get to the next one.
2: Breakthrough Fighter of the Year.
0: All right. So here we are. We got the Breakthrough Fighter of the Year. Eric, who are the nominees?
1: The first nominee is Andre Munez, who went 2 0 this year, uh, most notably submitting Jacques Ray Souza. He's now a ranked middleweight. Next up, Casey O'Neill, three and zero in 2021. All finishes. Uh, shout out to Phil who called this one after her first fight. Uh, well done, Phil. <laughs> Next up, Rafael Eve, two and zero in 2021. He's now a ranked fighter as well. Aaron Blanchfield, two and zero in 2021. Both dominating performances. A bun of a bunch of 10 a rounds in there. Next up, we have Mateusz Gamrot. in 2021 and all finishes. Once again, this is another fighter who's climbed into the rankings uh, in the stacked lightweight division at that. Next up, Tom Aspinall, 2-0 this year, both finishes. I think he is now the 10th ranked heavyweight. And finally, Sean O'Malley, 3-0 in 2021, recovering from that stoppage against uh, Marlon Vera last year. He has definitely built a name for himself at bantamweight. So, Phil, who did you go with?
0: Well, as much as I would have loved to have selected uh Casey O'Neill, and she made a very compelling case, I had to choose uh Raphael Feziv. Uh just really excited tough wins, a great fight versus Bobby Green. And then he recently and just uh uh two events ago, he had that incredible highlight reel knockout. Uh He's somebody, and as you mentioned, it's in the lightweight division, which is just like a, the, one of the toughest divisions that there is, if not the toughest division. I mean, you look at the top 20, it's just murderer's row. Um, so I think he's the one who's the closest to a title shot, and that's why he's my selection for uh, the breakthrough fighter of the year.
1: So this was definitely a tough call to make. I To narrow it down to see, I went with the criteria of, okay, out of everybody here, Who do I think is most likely to go on to become a champion in the UFC? And for that reason, I went with Tom Aspinall. I mean, he's been very impressive, and I think he looks better each fight, especially at heavyweight, a division in which the prospects, they're they're not overflowing with them. Uh, He's who I went with, but again, a very tough choice.
0: Uh you know, a very good choice, though. He's been looking very impressive. Uh, the Discord liked that pick as well. It wasn't their number one pick, but he was it was number two. Uh, definitely making uh England proud. Um, but the pick for the slash breakthrough fighter of the year uh was Sean O'Malley. And it's you know, it's hard not to argue this one. I mean, three finishes, the last one was very impressive and He's also being placed in high-profile situations and delivering. And so, um, per your criteria, I do think that Aspinall is probably closer, more likely to be a champion, but uh, O'Malley's the type to get fast-tracked to a title shot first.
1: Yeah, the only reason I didn't rank Sean O'Malley higher on my list here was because I thought he was kind of the Breakthrough Fighter of the Year two or three years ago. I feel like he's kind of been treading water a bit, so that's why I personally didn't pick him, but you can 100% put all the Rockets behind him. He's clearly an immensely talented fighter and very entertaining. He connects with the fans.
0: Yeah. All right, so now it's the time for the Pollock pick for the Breakthrough Fighter of the Year, and that is... Raphael Fiziv, Fiziv, yes, yes, Uh, as, you know, already gave the reasons, uh, you know, now uh, knocking on the door of the top 10, or he's number 10 in the division and uh, is probably going to look to make a case to get a title shot uh, through 2022. All right, so moving on to the next category.
2: Story of the Year.
0: All right. Story of the year. So the first nominee, I mean, we've already talked about it. Jake Paul versus the UFC. Yes, Jake Paul, the YouTuber, the boxer dominating MMA media, appearing on UFC broadcasts, fighting former UFC fighters and knocking them out. Triller Fight Club slash circus. Our next story of the year. They, of course, put on their first event at the end of 2020, but they put on several events this year, including the set of boxing fights in a Trigon. Uh, Yes, it's boxing, but they're incorporating UFC fighters. You have Anderson Silva versus uh, uh, Tito Ortiz. You also had Evander Holyfield versus um, Vitor Belfort, along with uh, Frank Mir, as we mentioned, uh, Woodley. Uh, or sorry, Askren appeared on the Triller broadcast, not Woodley. So yeah, Triller making a name for itself, although not always good. Next story is always a hot topic in the world of MMA. Conor McGregor, uh, two losses in 2021, including a brutal injury. So that was the first half of the year. Then the second half is his recovery and you know what he's going to do in uh, 2022. The next two nominees are sort of related. You have UFC versus Fighter Pay, which is related to Jake Paul uh, versus the UFC, as it's been a topic of that he continues to bring up. Uh, it's you know a source of contention between John Jones in the UFC, uh, Francis Ngannou in the UFC, Steve Miocic in the UFC, and it's not going to stop anytime soon. The next nominee UFC with record-setting business, huge gates, huge pay-per-view buys. the Parent company Endeavor goes public. So UFC doing record-setting businesses, business doing live events from the Apex, and then uh, to round it out, Bellator moving to Showtime away from Spike TV or Paramount or whatever it's called now. The end of an era, no more MMA on that station, but uh, hopefully a new chance, a new era in the Bellator world. So with those nominees listed, Eric, what's your pick for the story of the year?
1: Um, I ultimately went with the UFC versus fighter pay. I feel like that's a story that's kind of dominated headlines from the first week to the last. No signs of stopping, obviously, and just involves so many of the biggest names and in, in the sport. The guys that you just mentioned, like John Jones and Francis Ngannou, I feel like that's kind of been just the story that never ends, week in week out. That's what's dominated.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's a great pick. I didn't select that one because I feel like it's a story that we hear every year as yeah, well.
1: completely, fair, and completely
0: so, fair. So now you can also m- sort of make a case for my pick, which is related, which is just the business, the business of the UFC, yeah. doing mega business, coming back to live fans, doing the, some of their biggest gates ever, biggest pay-per-view draws ever, making tons of money, uh, not uh, running live shows in smaller uh, markets, just doing everything from the Apex. Uh, you know, ESPN's happy appearing on ABC again. So all of these elements and then Endeavor going public. So UFC record-setting business, record-setting business, record-setting business, while in the background, this fighter pay issue uh, continues to percolate. So that was yeah. my selection for they're, the story. They're
1: completely tied together, kind of as you alluded to when you were reading them out. I, I yeah. always went the same way as you. It's, I could have been... Like A or B, it's the same thing to me. It's the same story to me. So we're of the same mind.
0: And and without uh, you know, you know, to not get ahead of ourselves with the Pollock pick, John Pollock's pick for the story of the year. He also he wrote it this way: UFC has most successful year ever as fighter pay continually (laughs) (laughs) criticized.
1: Very well said, John. Very well said.
0: So so that's that. And then if we look at uh, what the uh, Discord had to say. Uh, It was actually pretty, it was, they were largely in agreement with you. Uh, Fighter pay was the dominant issue and it's been a big topic uh, in the chatter um, throughout the year. Um, And then all the other ones were kind of evenly split. A couple for Paul versus the UFC, some one for uh, Triller, you've got uh, McGregor. Uh, So uh, spread out, but largely concentrated on the business aspect of the UFC and the fighter pay story. Okay. All right. So, we've only got two more categories before we get to our prediction section. So, let's get on with it. What the fuck? Moment of the year. All right. The WTF moment of the year. Eric, what are these, you know, illustrious nominees?
1: in in this wild wild strange sport of mixed martial arts there are some very strange personalities out there which leads to no shortage of these moments but uh, we narrowed it down to just a couple firstly dominic cruz uh, the greatest bantamweight of all time according to many uh wins his first fight since 2016 this great moment and In his post-fight interview, he calls out Monster Energy, specifically Hans Molenkamp from Monster Energy for uh, screwing the fighters somehow. And Joe Rogan on commentary has no idea what Dom's talking about. He says something along the lines, oh, I don't want to get political. And right before we cut to commercial, we get this golden line from Dominic Cruz. This isn't politics. This is Monster Energy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was a beautiful beautiful moment uh next up in similar fashion after winning uh perhaps the biggest fight of his career to that point Panil dariush goes on the mic and he cuts he cuts this strange promo highlighted by his uh, his battle against communism <laughs> I, i'm sorry i don't have his exact lines printed out in front of me but it was it was a strange direction to go into when you're creeping into title contention but Darius had a point to make and that point was he does not like communism (laughs) next up we have the UFC actually airing this video package on their broadcast which was focused on the hero, the gallant hero Dana White, defeating <laughs> the evil media as as the UFC returns uh, in front of a crowd, and they've defeated COVID and and the evil media enablers of COVID. Uh, a very worthy choice there. Next up, we have this was the final UFC card of the year. Derek Lewis, he wins in the main event, big brutal knockout, and he proceeds to take his cup out of his shorts. And he throws it into the audience before declaring it an NFT in his post-fight interview. <laughs> uh, our final, our final selection for the what the you fuck missed. Moment you missed year. one as well. Oh, which one did I miss? Uh, Triller. Triller? Oh, sorry. I <laughs> thought this was on the lowlights of the year list. I genuinely did. Uh, during the card. Been. This thriller card, which thankfully I didn't watch. Oscar De La Hoya, uh, clearly under the influence of probably numerous substances, joins in on the commentary team and has has some of the most absurd things you would ever hear someone say on commentary from this legend of the sport. Uh, a terrible, terrible look for Triller. But I mean, there is plenty of that to go around this year. And the final one here julian marquez i think this might have been on valentine's day i could be wrong but he wins his fight and then his post-fight interview he asks out miley cyrus and guess what she responds to him he did it he he asked out miley cyrus and it worked out for him and then he proceeds to blow it by asking her to get a tattoo of his nickname (laughs) Oh, oh what what's your winner phil
0: uh well then there are no winners here these are no, all losers there are no <laughs> these are all losers uh it was a bit tricky the Dana White versus the media one drew my attention because it was so like nasty and mean spirited but my pick. Is Oscar de la Hoya at Triller? It was just so like, and it wasn't just Oscar de la Hoya, it was the entire pageantry and circus that surrounded him. You know, it was like, it was like the, the main event or main attraction of Barnum and Bailey's circus, right? Like, you, there, there's so much craziness going on. And then there's Oscar de la Hoya to top it all off. So uh, that was my uh, WTF moment of the year.
1: I went with Dominic Cruz's call out of Monster Energy. Uh, it still makes me laugh. I've I've rewatched that post-fight interview so many times this year. It's so absurd to have your one of the greatest fighters of all time come out and then this post-fight interview he's he's challenging Hans Molenkamp to a fight for charity <laughs> for the honor of fighters and Monster Energy and the entire final exchange of Joe Rogan. It's it's perfect. <laughs> That's my winner.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean that that line. This isn't political. This is Monster Energy. That is a line that will be remembered in MMA history. I'm certain of. Uh, so I, I can totally understand uh, why you would pick that. Uh, the Discord um, s- spread out a little bit, but mostly every m- the most popular is uh, Dana White versus the media. Very understandable why that would be the number one selection. Uh, Dom Cruz versus Monster Energy, actually number two on the list. Uh, Oscar De La Hoya at Triller Flight Club being the third biggest pick. And the only other one to get a vote, Julian Marquez blowing it with Miley Cyrus. Kendall the King, I think he's got a a, a little crush on Miley Cyrus. And I don't blame him. So I can understand why he would uh, be like, what the fuck, bro? Uh, That's not an impression. That's just me. (laughs) (laughs)
1: thank you for clarifying Uh,
0: um all right and the pollock pick let me get the uh pollock pick for uh for this one um okay i think he actually skipped it but uh he does have oscar de la hoya on his low light list so i'm gonna i'm gonna put that uh I'm, i'm gonna put that as his uh wtf so uh John Pollock with the WTF pick of Oscar De La Hoya. All right. So with that, we're down to our last category.
2: Low light of the year. All right. The
0: low light of the year ending at the bottom. The worst stories in MMA in 2021. The first one. Conor McGregor's post-fight antics versus Dustin Poirier in their third fight after uh, annoying uh, pre-fight series of shenanigans. Conor McGregor just going wild, being a maniac. Uh, After losing the fight and breaking his ankle, souts obscenity after obscenity at... uh, Poirier alludes to having an affair with his wife. Just saying the the worst things that a human being can kind of say. Um, yeah, not much more to say other than that. Um, next, we've got John Jones arrested again uh, while in Vegas to be honored with a UFC Hall of Fame spot. He goes on a bender and then uh, is arrested for. Domestic assault. Uh, another shameful moment in the John Jones story. Frankie Edgar getting uh, highlight reel ko twice this year. Uh, one KO of the year contender, another brutal one. Uh, front kick to the face. Uh, as you'd mentioned, Frankie Edgar, somebody known for being durable for the first time, looking uh, like he can't compete with the best in the division. Vitor Belfort versus uh, Evander Holyfield, Uh, my pick for the worst event of the year, an unofficial category after this was at a Triller Fight Club. It was supposed to be Belfort versus De La Hoya. De La Hoya got COVID um, and then uh, pulled out of the fight with like a week to go. So they threw in Evander Holyfield. The fight was supposed to be in California. Evander Holyfield, no position to fight. California says, no, we're not going to sanction this. They move the fight to Florida, uh, and it goes down there and it's just a brutal KO. Thankfully, Holyfield didn't take too much damage. Uh, next low light, Joshua Fabia versus Diego Sanchez. Uh, one of the worst, weirdest stories in MA, uh, Joshua Fabia was Diego Sanchez's coach for several years, uh. This year, some footage emerged of them chastising UFC commentators uh, and then um, some bizarre training footage of uh, Fabia essentially humiliatingly punishing Diego. I I can't even call it training. I don't even know how to describe these videos, but they were just really bizarre. Uh, It looked really dark for a time there, um, but ultimately... Diego was able to free himself of that relationship, so that's good. And then the last loadout of the year, PFL broadcast pacing. Uh, you know, as anyone who paid attention to the Discord uh, during a PFL broadcast, it's some of the worst broadcast pacing of the year. Tons of time between fights. Um, bizarre stats on screen, uh, it's like strike speed. Um, they had an interview with CC Sabathia who had a book coming out you have musical performances by wiz khalifa just production that's all over the map and uh largely unpleasant to watch despite sometimes having some decent fights um so with uh those uh lowlights who is your winner eric
1: yeah there are no winners here uh (laughs) <laughs> when when I was watching the whole Holyfield-Belfort thing, I was uh, disgusted. Uh, the John Jones legal stuff, that was infuriating at this point. Uh, Freaky Edgar, this guy getting knocked out twice at bantamweight, not even at lightweight. His division down at bantamweight, just depressing, but... But there was a very, very clear winner for Eric Marcotte, you see. Because these are all moments. These things I just saw. These were moments. Short things. Some of these only took like two minutes. It took like Frankie uh, a minute to get knocked out. Okay, The Evander Holyfield fight, two minutes. Oh, there's nothing short about the PFL in <laughs> 2021. Each one of these like nine hour marathon shows with maybe three fights on them. Uh, completely brutal. Uh, full of mismatches. Uh, the commentary like when when we're taking when we're taking like forty five minutes in between fights to go interview uh fucking Chris Bosch or something, it's <laughs> no disrespect to Chris Bosch. I love Chris Bosch. I don't care about what he has to say about the PFL. It was um Just an atrocious, atrocious, atrocious presentation of an MMA event repeatedly, and it just got worse. Like, the first PFL card of the year, fine. By the time we're on the 10th one, I wanted to blow my brains out watching the fucking uh, ninth hour as we had, like, six five-round fights on one card. Uh, By far, my low light of 2021, the PFL, uh, this should have been their year with all the stars they signed, with Kayla Harrison becoming a big name in the sport herself, uh, But it wasn't. Uh, It was a dreadful year, and judging by the changes they're making for this upcoming year, uh, 2022 might be even worse. This might be a repeat category next year, so on to you, Phil.
0: Yeah, I I agree also that the, the things went downhill. The first broadcast of the year did seem fine. I don't know if maybe they expanded the amount of hours that they were doing, but not increasing the amount of fights or, or whatever it was. But yeah, the, the broadcasts did continue to get worse. Um, this is a pretty difficult uh, category for me to select. Uh, as I mentioned, you know, Belfort versus Holyfield was such a disgusting event. Holyfield had no business being in there. And, you know, as somebody who's a longtime boxing fan uh, who remembers him fondly is not how I want to remember him. Um, But, you know, and John Jones, you know, domestic abuse, horrible, especially, you know, you know, of course, doing it the John Jones way when you're getting honored. uh, But that wasn't my pick because it didn't surprise me. And I suppose I shouldn't have been surprised by this, but it did... For me, it was uh, Conor McGregor's post-fight antics versus Dustin Poirier in their third fight. Um, you know, Conor McGregor said a lot before the fight. He said some some nasty things throughout his career, but whenever he's lost, he's been gracious in defeat. Whether that was uh, Nate Diaz, whether it was uh, the first uh, loss to Poirier. But this time he just completely went mental. Just said the most horrific things. Nothing I want to repeat. I mean, I have a small monicum of sympathy. You know, you just broke your leg. I can't imagine what the pain is like right there. Um, but nonetheless, that that's the image that's gonna that's broadcast to the world. That that's a representation of MMA. Uh, so for me that was the low light of the year.
1: Yeah, no, uh, 100%. Like kind of like what you alluded to before you got into it. I the only reason I didn't pick it was kind of like John Jones, you just sort of expect that from Conor McGregor, but it was disgusting.
0: Yeah. Uh the discord uh was different from us almost unanimously selecting John Jones. Not too much of a surprise. I mean, as you know, we don't need to talk about why uh, you know, The it's such a low light. uh, It's pretty clear as day. Uh, And then the uh, the John Pollock pick for the low light of the year. uh, His pick was actually Evander Holyfield versus uh, Vitor Belfort. Uh, I mean, for all those reasons we mentioned, moving the event when California wouldn't sanction it because of Evander Holyfield's health, and then for the event to go down as it did with Holyfield getting KO'd in such brutal fashion. Totally understandable why that would be. Uh, The John Pollock pick. All right. So that's it. Those are the awards. Very exciting. So uh, with that being said, why don't we take a look forward with the ultimate uh, predictor, prognosticator, and make some 2020 predictions. Let's see. Did I spell that right? Yes. 2022 predictions. Yes. All right. So Eric, oh. who do you think is going to be the 2022 Fighter of the
1: Year? I am going to predict that at the end of 2022, we will look back on the Fighter of the Year, and the name, the first name that will come to mind will be Surreal Gone. I believe. I believe he will beat Francis Ngannou to win the heavyweight title. So this is a prediction that might age terribly very quickly, but I believe he will win that. And whether he's fighting uh, names like John Jones or Stipe Miocic throughout the rest of the year, I predict he will win and he will enter 2023 as the heavyweight champion.
0: All right. Okay. Very, very, very good. Very good prediction. My prediction for the 2022 fighter of the year this is actually difficult. I, I, I was ha- having a lot of struggle. Part of me wants to say Piotr Jan, but I think it's going to be Islam Makachev. I think Islam Makachev is going to get that win over Dariush. He's going to get his title shot. He's going to become champion. Um, and maybe he'll even defend it one time. So he, he's my pick for uh, the f- 2022 Fighter of the Year. Um... John actually has a pick for this as well. John, any guesses? Any guess? I actually like this pick as well. It it made me rethink mine. Um, But uh, any guesses on who John might be selecting as 2022 Fighter of the Year?
1: Uh, I have absolutely no idea who John may have selected.
0: All right. Well, the Pollock pick for Fighter of the Year 2022 prediction is Max Holloway. Max Holloway.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, you know, go get your get your title back. Maybe defend it again. Maybe move up. Who knows what? You know, prove you're the best boxer in MMA again. Uh, so I, I could see that uh, that happening. All like, right, he was so, on my
1: short list this year as well, Max Holloway. Uh, his two performances against uh, Calvin Cater and Yair Rodriguez both phenomenal. So
0: very solid. book. Yeah. All right. So what about who you think will be the breakthrough fighter of the year next year
1: i have adrian yanez as the fighter i think is most likely to break through to that next level honestly he was on my short list this year that's how impressed i was by him but he was he's just kind of starting to fight that next level of competition his last fight an impressive win against davy grant i assume he's looking at that 20 to 10 rank throughout this next year and i'm just super high on him Uh, he's my guy going into this next year
0: that's a great pick. Uh, my pick uh, is Damir Ismagulov. I'm not sure if uh, our audience is super familiar with uh, Damir, but he's in the top 20 in lightweight. He's just behind Armin Sarukian. He has a win over Joel Alvarez, who's also somebody who you could consider um, as uh, you know a prospect to look out for. Um, Demir has been rising up the rankings quick, and I suspect that by the end of uh, next year, he's going to be in the top 10.
1: That's a good pick. I- I'm also going to say that I didn't pick him, but I'd say perhaps even more likely to go from kind of not talked about much to maybe even a champion. Over in Bellator would be Usman Nurmagomedov. Uh, yeah,
0: yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, because he's dominating as well. Yeah, his impre- his wins have been incredibly impressive. Uh, John Pollock also sent in a pick here. And the John Pollock pick for the 2022 Breakthrough Fighter prediction is... I just mentioned him. Armin Sarukian, Armin Sarukian, oh. uh, lightweight fighter, previously fought Islam Makhachev on short notice, and it was a very competitive fight. He's looked tremendous since then, wins versus uh, Matt Frivola, Davy Ramos, Christos Jagos. So, uh, definitely a very good pick uh, from uh, one John Pollock right there. Okay, so... What is the 2022 fight that you want to see the most, Eric?
1: All right. Over this past year, I've alluded to it many times, both in podcast form and on the post-wrestling Discord. And see, the UFC currently has the greatest featherweight of all time, Jose Aldo Jr., and the greatest bantamweight of all time, Dominic Cruz, in the same division at bantamweight. And they're both on winning streaks. This past week, Cruz has mentioned Aldo's name a couple times. Aldo's mentioned Cruz in the past. It's time to put this together. Main event. Come on. No three rounds for this matchup. Dominic Cruz, Jose Aldo. That's what I want to see.
0: Definitely five rounds if that fight has, happens. That That's for sure. I mean, even if it's not the main event, if it's on, just make it five rounds because that's such a key aspect to that fight. Very, very good pick. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see it uh, in 2022 um my pick i had a hard time so like again this is the fight i want to see the most um so i have two picks i have one that's realistic and one that i don't think is realistic the realistic pick is max holloway versus alex Volkanovsky three uh the first two fights were tremendous razor thin the highest level of mma both of these guys have gotten better since and so i'm okay i could i could see that every day of the week uh in terms of sort of like the fight i want to see but seems unlikely I want to see Pyotr Jan versus Henry Cejudo. That oh, is a fight I want to see. That's
1: definitely possible. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I
0: just its really going to come down to Cejudo. Does Cejudo want to come back? Because the UFC will put on that fight, but he seems to be convinced. You know, he only wants to come back for a big payday. I'm not sure that they're going to give him a ton of money. Uh, so that—that that I think is the hang-up, Is if he—if he can come down off of wanting whatever megabucks he's asking for. All right. And and then, and then and then John, the fight he's looking forward to the most, a very good pick. Olivera versus
1: Gaethje. Oh yeah, definitely. An easy yeah. uh fight of the year candidate before you even see it.
0: That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. All right. So that so uh I actually do have a few more questions. Uh, for you, Eric, that you were not uh, prepared for, but uh, these can uh, live in history, uh, and uh, we can come back to them next year and, and see how good your prognostication skills uh, really are. Okay.
1: All right. Let's do it.
0: All right. Will Leon Edwards get a title shot in
1: 2022?
0: <laughs> no. Okay. No. Will Francis re resign with the UFC in 2022? Yes. Will Nate Diaz fight outside the UFC in twenty twenty two? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Will the UFC hold a fight night event outside the UFC Apex and Abu Dhabi? Yes. With fans? Yes. A fight night. Okay, okay. I'm I would say no to that. I, I'm I'm pretty sure they're not gonna do that. But uh hopefully i'm wrong okay who will be the next notable mma fighter to make a professional wrestling appearance and where
1: oh ah, wow that's a good one uh i'm going to say chris cyborg will make a pro wrestling appearance this upcoming year and i suspect it will be in the wwe
0: oh wow maybe bring ronda back
1: I have no idea, but she's always expressed interest. So okay, oh,
0: okay. Uh, has Kayla Harrison appeared with, uh, with? Uh, yeah, on, yeah. On- she
1: oh. was off in AEW.
0: Oh, she already has appeared. Okay, so then I guess yeah. she doesn't. So then she doesn't count because she already made her appearance. So that would have been my pick because she runs with that crew and she she knows how to talk. Okay, all right. Another question: Who will be the next notable MMA fighter to box?
1: Uh, probably somebody who retired 10 years ago and it's only going (laughs) to depress us to think about it. Uh, uh, what's Rich Franklin up to? That's the Rich Uh,
0: Franklin. uh, Wow, that's
1: what about uh. Uh has Rampage Jackson made the move over yet? He seems the type. Th-
0: that I mean certainly Triller is trying to set up something versus Shannon Briggs in the Trigon. So uh Holy you you God. might be onto something right there. All right. Rampage Jackson, something.
1: that's my pick.
0: Okay. I don't all right. feel so, good about it. All right. So the last last section, I'm just gonna name a bunch of fighters, and all you have to do is tell me, will they fight in 2022? Okay.
1: Okay, let's do it.
0: Oh, all right. Fyodor Emilianenko. Yes. Nick Diaz. No. Floyd Mayweather. No. John Jones.
1: Uh, yes.
0: Habib Nurmagomedov. No. George St. Pierre. No zabit magomed sharapov
1: oh that's a that's a good one <laughs> uh, well, is is Zabit still among the living i haven't heard anything <laughs> about him in quite some time uh you know what i'm gonna say yes uh, the man needs to be making money somehow right uh, okay. i'm gonna go with yes
0: oscar de la hoya uh
1: unfortunately i'm going to say yes
0: Oh, wow. Wow. He, he, I guess he'll make a full recovery from his brutal COVID, uh, about, uh, two more names. We already mentioned him. Henry Cejudo. Yes. Okay. I mean, is there any other fight than Jan?
1: he's always talking about featherweights. I know that, yeah, th- that doesn't interest yeah. me and it doesn't interest you, but I think it genuinely does interest him. So,
0: But right. I don't think it interests the UFC. I don't think they have any game. interest in putting that on. Alright, and the last one, will he fight in 2022? Dan Hardy.
1: <laughs> no. No, he will not. Just like he doesn't fight every time he talks about his big comeback. Come on.
0: <laughs> uh, All right. So, that's it. That wraps up uh, the predictions. Um, Is there anything uh, you want to say to the people? Anything you have left to say about, you know, 2021, the year that was, 2022, the year coming up?
1: Uh nothing to say about the years but of course i'd like to thank all the listeners for joining in here live or after the fact uh thanks for everyone who voted in the polls on the discord thanks to john pollock of course for giving his predictions as well and the biggest thank you of course goes to you big phil combo for all the work you've done both in the discord and on these shows throughout this past year
0: thank you very much eric and same to you of course helping out with these shows helping with this show you put a lot of work into this coming up with the categories and uh you know there's a lot of time that goes into this so thank you and all the the work you do for post and the discord i do have some additional thank yous uh to make as well uh first i want to thank jake ader 722 and uh brandon from new jersey for the super chat donations or whatever you call those in youtube very generous of you Thank you. And uh, I'd also like to thank a few people. Uh, I didn't get a chance to thank uh, during the Christmas show. Oh, no. Uh, so there's just a few more people. Uh, anybody who's spent time in the Discord will, will will recognize a lot of these names. I won't be too long. I'm going to thank Ruckus, Aram, our man from uh, Denmark, Nick Govindan, The Craig, Snapcat, Stig, MCS, good dude, Francesco. John Fury 316, letting us know what the bottom line was for so many shows. Derek from Calgary, the only other boxing fan in this server. Robert GBP, TC Paget, Shrubby, Papa Powerbomb, our other Scandinavian friend. Brad, the archivist, for uh, giving us such great materials. Jordan Goodman for uh, participating in the Wellness Policy channel and interacting and helping me out Uh for live events. Uh, Davey Portman, who also helped me for uh, some live events earlier in the year and Brandon Thurston for creating the WrestleNomics channel and participating there. So thank you to everyone who uh, helps out in the discord, who watches these uh, shows live without you. uh, We wouldn't do it. I mean, uh, we we try to do it for you and, and you make it worth our time with uh, by being such a great audience and sending uh, your love. So. Thank you to everybody at home watching, and um, yeah, I guess that's it. Do you have anything left to say, uh, Eric?
1: No. Is there like some catchy send-off line that you have in your mind? I'm horrible at this sort of thing.
0: No, no catchy send-off line. Just uh, wishing everybody a happy new year, and um, we'll see you again in 2022 for uh, the next UFC event.
1: Happy new year, everybody. Happy new year.